Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Mary. Welcome to this new episode of the Umoja podcast. We'll be discussing humanitarian organization with Robin Vauchelet, the representative of UNICEF at McGill. Um, so welcome, Robin. Um, I think the first question I'm going to ask you is to introduce yourself um, and what UNICEF is and what UNICEF does at McGill. Um, well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, so my name is Robin. I'm in my fourth and final year at McGill. I'm in Honors IDS and I have a minor in policy. Um, I joined UNICEF McGill in my second year because uh, a bunch of my friends were execs at the time and just telling me like, you should get involved with us. And I said, you know what, let's do it. Um, and as it turns out, I had the best time uh, with UNICEF. It was um, really fun. A lot of the activities that we do, we mostly do fundraising and advocacy campaigns. Uh, every year we uh, decide on an emergency fund. Um, usually one of our VPs comes up with a list of potential uh, emergency funds and the members vote on which one they want to represent for the year, mm -hmm. which is always very, um, very painful because of course you would want to be able to, you know, do all of them, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to pick your battles here, I guess. Um, and from there on all the uh, advocacy campaigns that we do and all the fundraising activities, all the funds go for this specific emergency fund and we usually try to raise awareness as to what is going on there, why did we choose this specific emergency fund. Um, and so my position as VP Education and Outreach, so it's a fairly new portfolio, it was created about a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. uh, basically to try and reach out to the greater Montreal community, um, well McGill first of all, but Montreal as well, um, initially what this would look like in, you know, precedent at times, <laughs> we would go into <laughs> primary and secondary schools and conduct workshops to uh, teach uh, students about, you know, what is UNICEF? Why do we do what we do? And just the importance of, you know, like this kind of work in general and sort of like, you know, it's also kind of like, you know, like a sensitivity training, you know, in terms of like why you know, this work exists in the first place and that type mm -hmm. of stuff and educate them about the state of human rights for children across the globe, because that's also part of. Um, so I guess you kind of answered the very first question of the podcast, but I'll ask again. Um, so in what ways humanitarian organization help in both the global north and the global south in times of human or natural catastrophes? Um, so... More generally, I guess, like what you like on the spot is having, you know, um, instant reaction, sort of, you know, like something happens and you're able to like mobilize people and find people who are willing to help. Mm -hmm. But you have to you have to think of the ways that you help as well. And um, that's, you know, one of our biggest concerns at UNICEF is that you can't just, you know, go in there and you know, like things have to be very organized and you have to like think about the impact of what you're doing as well, because although you might come in with, step in with good intentions, like, you know, sometimes like the intention just doesn't match your action mm -hmm. or the impact that it has. Uh, in our case, specifically UNICEF, what we try to do is uh, raise funds here in, you know, McGill, Montreal, uh, mm -hmm. Canada, um, from people who are willing to, you know, help and contribute financially to the cause. And once we do that, you know, we, once we get the funding, we send it, uh, to UNICEF Canada for the specific emergency fund that we pick so that they can allocate, uh, the money on the grounds, usually with their, um, volunteers who work, um, on the site, um, mm -hmm. itself. Um, so that's mostly, the goal in which we try to like help like you know direct times of human um mm -hmm. catastrophes i guess i mean i'm trying to remember 
Um, our emergency fund when I joined was the um, Rohingya, uh, so the, Christ, the refugee crisis in Myanmar and you know Bangladesh as well. Uh, and for the past two years, we've been working on Yemen specifically, um, mm -hmm. which has been labeled one of the worst uh, humanitarian crises. Yeah, uh, at, at this time. So again, it's really hard when you see all these emergency funds and you really wish that you could just, you know, mm -hmm. contribute to all of those. But yeah, like for the most part, our work has been to, you know, try to like help alleviate um, the impact of the, the crisis specifically for children, because uh, unfortunately they, you know, end up being the one that suffered the most in these, uh, in these situations. Um, so one of the criticisms that sometimes I hear when we talk about humanitarian organizations or um, especially spe uh, specifically talking about UNICEF is that uh, let's say I'm a student and I decide to give 10 bucks to a specific cause. Um, and then I learn by reading here and there that about 70% uh, of these funds will go to the bureaucracy. Um, so what do I do in that case when I'm a student? Should I continue to give to UNICEF? Should I abstain from it? Um, for the most part, it's something we try to, we try to be really, you know, really investigate where the money, you know, goes, because of course, like, there's nothing worse than, you know, thinking you're giving to a cause, and then it turns mm -hmm. out that your money just goes to something completely different. <laughs> uh, so that's definitely something that we usually try to, um, to investigate on our own. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, what we like about UNICEF, and from my own experience, and talking with also my co-presidents, um, is that UNICEF, usually tries to work with the grassroots organizations on the spot. Mm -hmm. So at least you know that if the money goes there, it partially goes for the volunteers of UNICEF themselves, but also if they work with local organizations, at least you know that, you know, your money is sent to people who have like, you know, expertise, who know mm. um, where, uh, which resources should be allocated, who know what they're doing basically, not just people who barged in and decided to take over with no prior knowledge okay. of, mm -hmm. uh, the local grounds whatsoever. Um, so for the most part, that's what we try to emphasize the fact that, you know, if you donate money to us, like we want you to know that basically down the line, you'll have someone who will know what to do with this money. And it's not just, you know, uh, wasted along the lines. I think from, um, so this, this from 2018, but I mean, I would assume that nothing drastically changed since. Yeah. Uh, but I remember reading a report saying that out of uh, all the like Canadian branches, so if you look, you know, Amnesty International, uh, UNICEF and everything, uh, UNICEF Canada was among uh, the NGOs. Um, it's not really an NGOs, but you know what I'm trying to say. It was among the humanitarian organizations um, that was the most transparent in terms of where they allocate the funding. Um, mm -hmm. I think they rank pretty well in terms of transparency and uh, information. So this is also why we're very confident with what we're doing, because, you know, of course, it's always very shady when you don't know yeah. where your money's going. <laughs> um, well, at least for the president, so we'll have a, a response for it. Um, uh, the following question will be, um, how to advertise humanitarian organizations work with crystal clear respect of the lives of the individuals impacted. Because sometimes what happens is that, um, let's say there's a crisis in Yemen and all you see all over the media is some people that are crying, some people that have lost their norm and so on and so forth. Um, and that creates sometimes compassion. And, these, and this specific compassion does not sometimes um, go over. Like, people that um, feel compassion may not necessarily give. They may be like, oh, considering the fact that I'm very privileged, well, thank God I exist, you know? 
um, <laughs> but that would not necessarily mean that it will make any impact. Um, so what do you your stance on it? Um, well, first of all, I mean, I definitely agree. And I guess that, you know, like growing up in like a Western society, that's very often how these things happen. You know, you see all, you, know, you see all the violence on TV, but at some point you're just completely desensitized and you don't even realize and you completely forget that, you know, it's not just on the TV, like it's human lives, like, you know, beyond the screen that are impacted. Um, I guess what we also really want to avoid is, uh, you know, like the effect of torture porn where you just show these very graphic, very um, disturbing images, um, which people usually try to do this, hoping that it will spark a reaction down the line. But I assure you, you can definitely make your message really clear without having to use these very, you know, disturbing uh, graphics down the line. Um, I remember last year our um, advocacy poll um, made these um, very compelling um, work, you know, emphasizing the work of like activists on the spot because um, it, it feels less graphic if you give, you know, attention to local activists because you know, usually they're kind of like the face of the conflict because, you know, mm -hmm. they're from there and they know what's going on. Okay. But at least you're not showing anything that's like, you know, very graphic or very disturbing because you really mm -hmm. don't need to go to these lengths. And, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, it's more so compassion, but it's not necessarily like the right kind of compassion, not mm -hmm. the one that you really want to put forward. Um, even just targeted advertising. I mean, I was scrolling on my phone the other day and I saw this um, advertisement for UNICEF Canada, I mean, not seeing that being listened to, but a little bit. And, you know, it was actually like someone uh, working on the field that was talking to us and, you know, like they were showing a little bit of images of like, you know, what goes on in the camps, but I felt like it, what I really appreciated is that they remained very um, appropriate in the realm of what they were showing. Cause you know, you can also show that the situation is bad without necessarily going into like the extremes. Exactly. And yeah, I think that's definitely what we try to emphasize even in our own like, advocacy campaigns. Uh, when we post on our Instagram on our Facebook, we're mostly uh, vocal on our Instagram, but we really try to be wary of how to, you know, put forward that there is a crisis without necessarily like being very obscene about mm -hmm. the way we ask. <laughs> um. So uh, I'll go to the last question. Um, so certain or humanitarian organization put a keen accent on including youth um, in their mission. Um, this gave the opportunities for many students uh, of the developed world to provide their quote unquote help and expertise um, to populations victims of human or nat uh, natural ca uh, catastrophes. So what could be the issues and the advantages of such an approach? Um, so that's a very interesting question and definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, mostly, you know, it comes from the fact that when you're a student, it's really hard to just, you know, put your face out there and get involved um, out there, unfortunately. And this, you know, definitely gave rise to private companies offering these, you know, internships um, in, you know, like you said, in war-torn areas and that type of stuff, you know, saying, oh, you're going to do humanitarian work there and you're getting paid and whatnot. But down the line, this mostly enables, you know, either like the white savior effect where you, you know, you just go there and then on the company website, you just see this image of this like very white <laughs> European style person surrounded mm -hmm. by, you know, like the token uh, African children, you know, stereotypically malnourished, mm -hmm to show the stark contrast, but you know, like they're doing the good work, right? They're mm. doing, you know, good guys. <laughs> um, exactly, which is 
wrong on so many levels. And, and, you know, like you said, you know, the landscape is usually also very like, you know, textbook stereotype of, you know, mm-hmm. Africa um, <laughs> as a whole. Um, you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes when I say Africa. <laughs> um, but, um, and, you know, the other, um, the other problem with that is that, you know, ultimately this is an activism, this is a humanitarian work, this is mostly publicity st- stunt and, the problem is that, you know, if these students end up going into the field afterwards, they don't have like a, the good idea of what, you know, um, positive um, impact of humanitarian work is. Mm-hmm. And so this is what we try to like emphasize um, at UNICEF is that, you know, it's a relatively inexpensive way to get involved on campus because you can do it on the side. It's not like as time consuming as if you were getting an internship or, you know, mm-hmm. like, even worse, an unpaid internship. Um, but it gives you, you know, it's sufficient with the fact that we do these advocacy campaigns and that we really try to, you know, bring awareness to these issues. Mm-hmm. You have some background knowledge on what is going on in the field, what is happening there so that you don't just, you know, barge in with no context whatsoever, just being like, this is the way I want to do things. And this is the way I'm going to do things, which is not what we, we should be, you know, emphasizing mm-hmm. in any way, shape or form. Um, and we really try to like, you know, not fall into the whole um white savior and you know reinforcing these Mm -hmm. like very toxic stereotypes um which is why anything that you know we really need uh youth involvement at this point because usually i notice that you know if it comes from your peers you know telling you like maybe this is not the way you want to do this maybe you should be doing this way instead Mm -hmm. usually it comes better than what it's you know an adult lecturing you on this topic i mean Mm -hmm. a more grown-up adult than us (laughs) (laughs) and um and second i think what's really important is that you know if we start from like a young age to like you know learn to like unpack these like you know very negative stereotypes you know Mm -hmm. from the get-go this is basically how you know like this is, has to be like a bottoms up approach like you know you start like unlearning and then as you go mm-hmm. you move on to like you know develop like humanitarian practices and humanitarian work that is relatively harmless in perspective but it has to be well grounded from the start you know I cannot say more so um thank you very much for having us um I hope this little episode will kind of answer the questions of some um and sort of see UNICEF in another way for others. Um, So thank you, Robin, for having us. Thank you so much.